Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Jeff Jowdy, your host for today's discussion on communications and fundraising functions working together in higher education. And we are delighted to have as our guest, wonderful friend and higher education veteran and communications guru, Mark Witt. Mark, welcome to The Beacon Podcast. Oh, thank you, Jeff. It's great being with you. For our listeners, Mark is the University of Kentucky's Office of Public Relations and Strategic Communications Director of Philanthropy and Advancement Communications. He's responsible for all aspects of the university's philanthropy messaging and communications, including campaign materials, strategic messaging, media relations, and external communications to further promote the goals of the Kentucky CAN and the 21st Century Campaign. Mark fosters and expands proactive relationships with state and national media while working to increase the reputational awareness of the University of Kentucky. He serves as a part-time instructor in the UK Department of Integrated Strategic Communications and is a PR marketing columnist for the National Trade Magazine, University Business. And prior to the University of Kentucky, Mark was Associate Vice President for Public Relations and Chief Communications Officer at Eastern Kentucky University. He's the recipient of Case Kentucky's Beth Field Service Award for Leadership and Advancement. And again, just a wonderful friend and successful and veteran higher ed communications professional. Mark, welcome to the Beacon Podcast. Well, again, Jeff, just really appreciate uh, this opportunity to chat with you and the audience. There's so much we all can learn from you on communications and especially fundraising and campaign communications. And when we were talking about the podcast, one of the things that we discussed were coordination of messaging between the communications and fundraising functions. And we're speaking at a university this applies to, to any organizations where, as your shop, you're now centralized, but oftentimes you have two different departments providing services and functions. So how important is it to communicate the fundraising communications and overall communications at a university? Jeff, this is an excellent question and one, quite frankly, that can never be taken for granted or overlooked. Philanthropy and communications teams must, and I emphasize the word must, work together to promote the mission of the institution. Therefore, coordination of the message is not a luxury, but is critical as institutions communicate with their donors, no matter if it's through a letter, direct mail piece, alumni magazine, planned giving newsletter, ad, press release, or a one-on-one conversation over coffee with a donor. Most of us, Jeff, would agree that much can be accomplished when we work together. In the case of philanthropy and communications staff, we both desire that our constituencies become enthusiastic supporters and advocates of our institutions. Therefore, it is imperative that they become partners in every sense, even more so when developing and coordinating the message. And what are some of the, maybe some of the challenges and successes that you had in that regard? 
Well, I'll have to reflect back to um, a movie <laughs> that's kind of a favorite of mine. Being an old band guy, I continue to play trumpet. One of my favorite movies is Drumline. In that movie, fictional Atlanta eight and T University band director James Lee, and you may be familiar with this movie, repeatedly reminded his students that to produce magnificent music, they had to play as quote one band, one sound. End of quote. Our constituencies, whether they be alumni and friends, parents or current and prospective students, depend on us performing or communicating as one band with one sound. There must be an overlapping of the brand's messaging. You don't want to say you are one thing to one group, then turn around and say you are something completely different to another. With that said, we must be mindful of the message's receiver, who they are, their needs and interests, where they are in life, generational values and interests, the benefits and experiences they seek, etc. What will resonate with one age group or one generation or one affinity group and so forth will always be different. Targeted, personalized messaging, in my opinion, is where we are in today's highly competitive higher education marketplace. However, the mission or heart of the institution can never change. It must be the common thread that binds together all ages. Jeff, many years ago, I learned that an institution was using its admissions view book as a donor piece, too. Oh, wow. This cannot be done, as these are two drastically different audiences with two distinctly different interests. Needless to say, what's critically important to the donor or donor prospect is going to be much, much different for the prospective college student. This is another reason why it's vitally important that philanthropy and communications officers work together. You just really hit on what I wanted to ask you next, and that you mentioned the importance of targeted communications with you know, the mission at the heart. But overall, how would fundraising messaging and communications differ from the university's overall messaging to other constituencies? Well, to that end, I recently read two to three surveys that indicate that philanthropy and communications teams are some of the most professionally trained, educated staff you'll find anywhere but often lack expertise or understanding of the other's craft. Communications officers need to better understand the basics of fundraising, and at the same time, philanthropy officers should understand the basics of public relations and marketing. And when we both understand and better appreciate one another, our institutions and donors will become the beneficiaries of more effective donor-centered messaging and communications. And how does that happen? Is that leadership, the collaborative tones at the top, or how does that happen successfully? Oh, most certainly. You must have uh, leadership that invites, that encourages, that supports that type of collaboration. And when it does happen, it truly can be magical for the institution. And Mark, you again mentioned the targeting and donors being different, but what other advice would you give to those in higher education or other sectors of the nonprofit arena uh, in terms of maximizing fundraising communications? Well, first of all, just sitting down with people and listening. Oftentimes, listening is, is a forgotten about aspect of communications where we're very much used to doing the talking and that's not just in higher education that's for any any business but listening is an incredible skill that uh, does take time does take patience but it is absolutely critical that you do in in the process and when we listen it's amazing just how much we can learn from our donors. What is it they're wanting from us? Do we give them 
too much? Are we giving them too little? What types of basic information do they want to hear? And as soon as we start those listening sessions, we can then begin going back and begin crafting our messaging all at the same time, making sure that what we are saying truly follows the overall brand strategy that the university has. Excellent, Mark. This has been tremendous and a topic near and dear to my heart. And I often share, and you've got decades of experience in fundraising communication, that, that oftentimes in a nonprofit, they look at the marketing and back to your example of the view book for prospective student, but they go to marketing and fundraising communications is different. Most certainly, most certainly. And to bring it down, talking about the personalization of donor messaging, it's going to become even more critical, Jeff, in my opinion, as now we're beginning to have the overlapping of generations. For example, uh, for so many years, we've basically had the baby boomers that have been receiving uh, information. I, for one, happen to be on the tail end of being a baby boomer, uh, having been born in 1960. But now we've got others. We have millennials who are now in the workplace. We have the Gen Zers who are up and coming, who are now entering our colleges and universities. And so we need to realize that even in our donor messaging, what once upon a time work for everybody is no longer the case because now the values, the interests that perhaps are more in line with those in the baby boomer generation are not necessarily the same with those who are millennials. So we need to make sure that as we strategize, our communications become much more strategic in our approach that our messaging aligns with those age groups. Well, that's a great challenge for us all and we're just grateful to have your insight and hope that you'll come back and be our guest again on the Beacon Podcast. Jeff, I've certainly enjoyed our time together and anytime, please call. And and for our listeners, if you do not follow Mark on Twitter, you need to. You'll be in for a great treat at Mark Witt, M-A-R-C-W-H-I-T-T and his column in the University Business can be accessed at universitybusiness.com. And again, Jeff Jowdy here. Thank you for listening to the Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. Thanks for listening to the Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcast and guest at lighthousecouncil.com.